Well, hi everyone, and welcome to the Future Leaders Mentoring Podcast. This week we're talking about culture with Gavin and Sonia. Hi both. Hi there. Ian. Hi Ian. Hi hey guys. Um, just look, looking out the window for you today, Sonia. Looking looking great there. Some lovely views. Yes, yes. We're here on the edge of the Peak District. It's really lovely, and we're hoping for a day without some rain, which would be really good. Yeah, that'd be nice. Uh, and clearly, you're a, a big book uh, avid reader, there, Gavin. Yeah, I, I can't claim, I can't claim they're all mine. Ian, unfortunately, my wife's a, a therapist and counsellor, so a lot of the the, um, the books behind me are actually hers. Oh, wow. uh, we, we share a little an office here in Northampton yeah. Spring, so yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of synergies between uh, sort of coaching and mentoring and uh, and um, the stuff that she does, which is all very useful. But no, no, I can't, uh, I can't, I can't lay claim to all these ones, unfortunately. Wow. <laughs> okay, yeah, definitely some 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 sharing of, of sort of uh, views there. Then I, I think you can you can learn from for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Cool. Okay, so um, welcome, guys. Uh, as, as I've said to everybody, we're talking about culture today. Um, and I guess just to start us off then, Gavin, um, give us a, a quick introduction to, to anybody that doesn't know you, what you're doing, um, and why culture is important to you. Yes, thank you, Ian. So hi, everyone. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Gavin. I'm uh, currently working as a head of customer service and investment dealing at the Share Centre, which is an online stockbroker uh, based out of Aylesbury in Buckinghamshire. I've been there about, about three years or so now. Um, and we've been, part, we've been working uh, to develop um, a, a very strong and evolved culture within that business. Um, we've, we've been focusing on developing the customer service frontline and back office operations and, and devolving the, the business from um, what we've termed from good to great as part of a transformation program over the last three years. And we've been very people focused in the way we've done so. Um, we've really started from that, that people first type of approach and developing a, a strong culture is, is, is absolutely key to that as far as I'm concerned uh, from the point where you start to recruit people in and making sure there's clear um, alignment with the values of the company. One of the reasons I joined the Share Centre in the first place was because I really felt that the values were very aligned to the ones that I I've been, I believe very strongly in, um, and it makes things far easier when you have that synergy between between the two. So developing strong cultures within organisations is is really essential to to start to create that 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 movement forward. Um, I've um, I've recently um, completed a course from uh, through the Charter Management Institute around leadership coaching and mentoring, uh, which really focused upon organisational culture and developing organisational organisational culture. And um, I'll, we'll probably speak a bit later when, I, when we talk, Sonia, about some, some suggestions about how we sort of develop culture going forward. Um, and that was very useful for creating frameworks and models for which to assess the, 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 uh, the state of a culture to begin with a, within, a, within an organisation and how then you start to look at the, the, the factors and the, um, the indicators which will indicate a particular type of culture going forward and how you might develop it. So um, it's having a having that strong cultural focus and people focus has been has been the driving factor for me in the last certain last three years uh, and prior to that but it's been it's become ever more important in this this time of pandemic where we are working remotely um, and trying to make sure that the culture which um, could be potentially um, diluted somewhat because you're remote working doesn't become that way just because you're not in the same office with people every single day so that sort of that sort of focus has been absolutely essential yeah definitely um looking forward to hearing a lot more on that line gavin um and and sonia from your point of view uh quick quick introduction and, and why culture is important to you as well 
Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I'm um, Sonia Homewood. Um, I run uh, Biz to Blue Limited and um, I, I offer uh, executive coaching, uh, leadership development. And I also um, advise um, boards, um, in particular scale up companies. And, and, and what's quite exciting at the moment when it comes to culture is that a scale up is normally quite small. So as in sort of 10 people and they are just beginning to create their culture. Um, so I'm having a lot uh, of, of work with them uh, at the moment on, on culture building. And I suppose, why is it important to me? It's important to me because I, I not only, you know, when you go to work every day, you want to work in a great culture. Yeah, it's so eight hours every day at least. You want to work in a nice environment and you want people to also want to work in that environment with you in that great environment and yeah. continue to for years, hopefully. So, so it is, it's just an important thing to me, just as simple as that. It's about the environment that you want to work in. Yeah, spot on. Um, I just, just building on that then, Sonia, I'm, I'm often um, asked, you know, what, what are the sort of great teams or great cultures I've worked in? But from, from your point of view, you've, you know, you've been in, in the insurance industry um, a good while. You must have worked in some, some great teams and, and cultures. Um, can, you, can you sort of talk about those in a bit more detail and why they were so good yeah so so you know do you know i've worked for i would say um in my whole career probably two companies with what i would consider to be terrific cultures and and i and i remember them well because i feel really passionate about them you know i i um i never wanted to leave do you know what i mean because it was such a great culture yeah. and when you are what what was great about it so they were always people first both were people first they had very effective leadership from the top down, effective and strong leadership. Um, they had a fabulous communication and they listened to people and really listened um, to people. Um, they gave them empowerment. Um, it, I, it's just an overall feeling of being part of something that's genuine um, and, and strong, I suppose. You know, they have a community program as well. And, and it's obviously very well thought out. And both of those companies um, I was with for quite a while. I worked with for quite a while. And I really was, I felt strongly that I was with them. I was with this company. They were with me. We were, a, we were one. We worked for our community and we worked for our leadership team and our people. And, um, and, and I have to say that that, that was they're so they were so strong in my mind that both of those companies ended up at one point with a, a leadership change right at the top CEO leadership change mm. and the culture did change immediately and it just shows you or it shows me that it is the leaders that drive um, the culture within a business and, yeah. um, and 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 not necessarily they didn't change necessarily for the for the worse I mean they did start with because people say oh my god you know cultures change we're not doing this anymore nobody's listening to me. But they they do evolve, you know, into something different. But it, it is definitely about your leadership team that creates the culture. Is my view. Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting, isn't it? How um, you know when a new leader comes into the organisation, sometimes they can they can rush to just change some things around um, yes. uh, without necessarily understanding that it is working perfectly well today. Absolutely, yeah. I've seen I've seen that happen. The, there needs to be a period of reflection and understanding. And again, you know, you know, I say it, I'll say it a dozen times today. It's about listening to your people. You know, if, if, if the CEO sits down or any leader sits down with their team and says, what, what's working really well? And yeah. what's not working really well? And what, what can we do better? 
um, you know, I'm not here to to change the world, then people will instantly have a, a sigh of relief and, mm. uh, and and think about what they can do positively to support this new leader on their journey in in their in their business and their culture. I think it's so important, it really is. Mm. I agree totally. Um, and Gavin, um, what, about, what, what about your thoughts on the same question? I think I think what Sonia just said, I completely agree with the 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 uh, leaders at the top set the tone. They act as role models for others to follow. Um, as as a leader in a business, um, you're always on show. And there's expectation that the you are you are setting setting the standard for others to follow. Uh, and you're and you're always you know you're, you're always on on the stage essentially that people are looking they know the corner right to how things are operating the way you the tone the way you do what the mannerisms the way you handle yourself the way you engage with people they all come into play um you know the little things like you know saying good morning to people as you walk across the floor i've had um people in the past who've done that and i've had people in the past who haven't done it and so little things like that set the tone for how others will, will follow across the, you know the way they're interacting with, with each other um, those small things make a massive difference, and it's easy to overlook them in in in, in the the hubbub of everything else that's that's taking that's taking place. Um, I think very similar to what Sonia was saying, there's a couple of businesses that I've worked in the past. Uh, I've, I've I've been very fortunate. I've worked in some fantastic places, and I've I've really enjoyed every single place I worked at. There's a couple of individual places that really do stick out for me, though. Um, one of the first ones was one of the first places I worked. Um, uh, not long after my career started, I worked um, for uh, an internet service provider uh, back in the days when the, the the internet was just getting started back in sort of, sort of 1999. And it was um, a bit like the Wild West. It was great. You're making your own culture as you went. It was very exciting. Very a lot of young people, a lot of incredibly bright people. To the point where I was sort of looking around, thinking, "How did I get to be part of this?" Because there's some really intelligent people around me at the moment. But a lot of people could, you could follow and, and learn from every single day. Um, but it was so it was, like, it was it was a very exciting, vibrant environment, and people wanted to be part of something, feel part of something, kind of, um, and and delivering something as a as a as a vision. And that was it. We were behind the leadership team. Uh, there was there was one very inspirational, charismatic um, leader who literally he said, um, you know, get behind this. Everyone set up in a V formation, and they're away. That was the, the culture. It was it was a bit more like us against the world, but. It was us against potentially one other big player, and we felt a bit like the. It was a bit of a bit of us and them, but in a good way. It raised the stakes, and we were always trying to make sure we were we were we were um, uh, trying to improve the way we're operating to 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 play against this, this particular individual and embrace new technology as we went along as well. But it was the the business grew very quickly, um, and it was very easy to say that you could lose that that sense of. Um, uh, the entrepreneurship that was part of it for the first couple of years as you grew and sometimes without that scale sometimes the mm -hmm. the speed of change can start to reduce and it can become a bit treacly like in some respects getting stuff done and we certainly found that as the, as the business grew a little bit uh, and then the, the current the place that I work at the moment I mentioned earlier that the the values were a very good fit and felt very 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 akin to my own values when I, when I first joined uh, and it's a very different environment. It's a business which has been around for sort of 30 odd years and very established. Um, but the values have, have been locked down for the past sort of 15 years for the share centre. Mm -hmm. And um, that stability of the values and the beliefs behind them, particularly come, coming from 
the the um, the senior leadership, the founder, very altruistic, very charitable type approach in in in, in the back in the background, really spoke volumes to me, and they played out across the culture of the entire organisation. So that's that's been really positive part of that. Again, slightly different pace from the sort of the very fast paced um, approach I was used to maybe twenty years ago, but but equally as positive. Uh, uh, to get stuff done and get stuff done in, in, in a good way and in the right way. Uh, and, and again, at all times, putting the customer and the employee at the forefront, being people focused mm. has been the central sort of um, um, approach and edict from the top and something we've all bought into. Cool. Thank you, Gavin. Um, just, just thinking then about, about cultures, we've already mentioned how important leaders are in this. Um, but I wonder... Um, Gavin, have you have you ever experienced businesses where there are mini cultures set up um, across across the place, and and whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing, I suppose. Yeah, it's, it's a good question. Ian. Um, I think the answer is yes. the The challenge with that is that you you can create um, I suppose small pockets within the business may may be created. Driven by maybe the the the, the attitudes, the behaviours of particular individuals mm. um, within the, within an operation, for example, they may have been established and been in place for some time, and and, and have taken the attitude that um, that they've been there, done that, and may have been there in, in in role for many many years, and seen different leaders come and go and try different initiatives and successfully or unsuccessfully, and they've they've always written out, and that that mini culture that it can create around them. Which is they are they're almost the the rock in the stream where everything flows around them can be positive, but also can be can be less positive because they um, they're not embracing the wider initiatives of the business. So getting getting that sort of vision in place that everyone can buy into, I think, for me is, is very very important. It's not easy to do because you know having that having that experience brings um, uh, within an operation. Um, they, they 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 bring experience to that particular business and in some cases you can't do without them in, in some particular roles but it's important to get them on board when these sort of things these sort of um changes happen so many cultures can can come up can come into play but i do think that the culture has got to be um set from the top if you try and do it bottom up it's very difficult to to get that 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 wider buy-in you can um, within within my team, I, I, when I joined the share centre, um, I was very much aligned with the way my line manager wants to do things, which is very much aligned with the, the company values. But I had the freedom to start to generate some interpretations of how that culture is is presented top down. It's the way I interpret that culture bottom up, and I found that very useful and very empowering. Um, and it's in, a, in somewhere hopefully you meet in the middle and and it aligns. Um, but um, if you if you're setting out a, a culture that you want to engender, which still aligns with the main one, those mm-hmm. mini subcultures can set the, the tone for others potentially to follow as well, and set up some best practice which other people and other members of the team may not have come across in the past, but may want to emulate. Yeah, cool. Um, and, and Sonia, you've worked in some huge organisations. Um, do, do you think it's it's more prevalent in larger organisations? And of course, is is it a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, so I was just thinking then as Gavin was talking, it's it's like you, you're going to have, um, especially with multi-site um, organisations, mm. you know, you're going to have an element of um, a slightly different culture, depending on where those sites are, you know, which area of the country they're in, whether it's a city or a, 
or yeah. a village or, or whatever, that you, you're going to have that. I think for me, I think it's providing that you still have a strong um, cultural values at the top and they, um, and they are uh, aligned, all of your business areas are aligned. I don't necessarily see it's a bad thing. So a little bit like Gavin, you, you, you need to give people empowerment to create a culture that is a nice environment to be in within the values that you've set as an organization. You know, and I think by, we're not robots, right? So, you know, nobody, nobody wants to work in an environment where they have to all be the same, top and down, you know, up and down the country. It's, it's just never going to work. Um, and, and I think Gavin also, you know, talked about um, environments where you've got people who've been in the organization a long time. And that, that can sometimes be site led as well, which does create its own, its own culture. You could have a, you know, a particular site where you've got it's a high student population. So you're getting, you know, a lot of your staff are from a student population that will naturally bring a different culture to somewhere that's, you know, um, that's got high tenure. Uh, and people have been working there a long while. But I think the, the key thing for me is to make sure you've got that real strong, um, overall, overarching um, values-led culture from the top and that those are still filtering down. And there's still some commonalities, you know, mm. similar ways of leading people or, or, or um, rewarding people or communicating, or, you know, there are some values that still need to be um, put through like you have a, a forum you make sure you're doing that forum on every single site so you're listening to your team you know so and, and I think that can work so I, I don't think it's a terrible thing I just think it's mm. something to be mindful of yeah definitely and, I, and I've, <clears throat> I've certainly been in some larger organizations where in in the rollout of the the values that they, they've just introduced um, they kind of ask individual teams then to kind of say what it means to them so they so you know they, they may well not have fed into the values initially uh, but then they can take something from it and, and make it a bit of, of theirs so almost creating a mini culture from the values and and then kind of saying well this is this is ours this is how we see that value and this is how we represent it on a, on a day-to-day basis yeah yeah that's really good. i think you're right it's like some of the chef center so so the, the, the top one values that the business had, we, it was about interpretation and bring them to life. So we created a, a, a number of quality standards with actionable real life examples of how to live that particular standard within the team. What does it mean for an individual on a day-to-day basis? How do they engage with the customer? How do they speak to each other? How do they um, drive a piece of change, for example? How do they feed back? And it's tangible activity they can, they can, they can use because, you know, a, you know, a word... I don't know, like respect um, can be interpreted many, mm. many, many different ways. Uh, and it's, it's quite, you know, it can be subjective, for example. Um, but that's the joy of it. You can, because it's subjective, you can interpret it in the right way, which will fit the way, as, as you rightly said, Tony, that, that fits with the way you want to interpret how the culture for your particular area might work, as long as it's within that framework of something much larger. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think your point as well, absolutely about, about some uh, different sites, completely right. You know, I've, I've worked in an organisation where you've got, um, multi-sites in-house and out and outsourced um, with contact centers uh, and they do have different cultural variants based on tenure you know and and history um, and different approaches to different sites and how how they will interpret communications and messages uh, may have to differ because of that but that's a good thing again you know you don't you don't want to, you, you write we're people everyone's a person you don't want that robotic type approach you don't one size does not fit all you need to make sure that the culture can 
can evolve in the right way, which is positive. And then as it evolves, everyone stands on each other's shoulders and starts to take that good piece from that piece and, and onwards. So, you know, it's important that it is, it is fluid. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Um, so, Sonia, you mentioned earlier that um, you know, you're, you're helping um, new companies at the moment. Um, and, I mean, that and it's in itself is, a, is an exciting um, task. Um, but I wonder if um, in, in, in that sort of setup mode, um, whether there's an opportunity for you to kind of say, hey, so here's what I think you should be doing around culture. Here's my um, five, five key things that I'd, I'd think about when I'm setting this, setting up the culture, or these are the things I think you should, you should build from. Um, do, do, do you do that? Do you offer a sort of a, a here's how to set up your culture? Yeah, well, it's interesting, actually, because I was having this conversation with somebody I, I do advise uh, uh, last week. We were talking about um, culture and, and he said, well, how, how do I create a, a culture? Um, at the moment, there's about 10 of them uh, that work at the company, all doing everything from, you know, from coding right up to sales director. You know, that they, they are doing the whole thing. And, and what I'm saying to them is the, way, the best way to look at it is to take a deep breath and just say, you know, you need to be the culture first. You need to be it. You personally are the culture. What are your values? What, what do you want to be um, like? Then how do you want everybody else to feel? Um, and how would you like to be perceived? How would you want your business to be um, to looked at? You know, thinking about your leadership skills. You know, do you want to create an, an environment of openness and honesty and trust? Can you live by that yourself? Because if you can, that can be part of your culture. Um, you know, are you setting goals? Are you, bless you. Thank you. Are you setting achievable goals? You know, do you show rather than just tell? You know, that's so important. Are, you know, are, are you are you that leader? Do you listen? Do you really listen? You know, there are three types of listening, and one is very much surface based, and three is actually when you're watching and listening at the same time, people's body language. But do you really listen to your people? Are you listening to them? And 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 are you creating um, a common goal on purpose of your, for your business and when you start to think about that as a CEO then you can start to create that culture you know you can mm. start to create your values that you're publishing you can then talk to your team about how they feel about those values and and how do they think they they would interpret those values and then that evolves in, into a, into a culture over time and and you know setting it up from scratch is the easiest thing but we're not all in environments where we can do that you know, I'm very fortunate that I work with some companies who can do that. But I also work with companies who can't. They're quite well established and they already have a culture and they need to try and change that culture. And that is also achievable, but it is harder. Mm. And it takes, it takes hard work and it takes um, tenacity and it takes um, humility and it takes a lot of time to listen to people um, and, 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 and try and, and get where you want to get from a cultural perspective, but it is very much achievable. Yeah. But I think it's so exciting being able to, to, to do those things at yeah. either end of the spectrum. Definitely. And I can see your face lights up when you talk about it, actually. So it's obvious to me. Totally passionate about it, Ian. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, definitely. It's because I know I want to work in that environment. Mm. You yeah. know, I, want, I want to feel, when I'm talking to these companies, I want to feel that I want to work there. And I want my family to work there and I want my friends to work there. I want my customers to buy from them. Mm. You know, it's one of those things that it just makes a big difference about how you, how you are. It's about being, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and just, just thinking about the, 
the difficulty in not starting from scratch and trying to change a, a culture. Um, do you think that that's ever possible when, when, the, when the culture's so ingrained? Do you think it's ever possible without making some leadership changes? So if you're, if you're advising a, a business of a, of a sort of medium to large size, um, is, is that part of the, one of the tools you might sort of pull on or does it depend on what the situation is? So, so you can always change a culture, you can, but you have to believe it from the top. So if, if the CEO says, go and change my culture, then I'll go, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I can't do that for you. It's your culture. It is about, it's a, if, he, if he or she believes it, and then they start talking to their leadership team about what that means, and then, and then it evolves out. It can absolutely be done in any size organization. It takes, as I said, one of the words I use is like humility. It, ta it takes some time to sit down with your people and say, do you know, I don't think our culture is quite right, do you? And then they go, oh no, you know, I wish it was like this. And I wish, well, you know, and then start asking questions. How should it, how, how could we do things differently? Um, and I, in, uh, but if the, if, the cult, if the leader at the top's not keen, then I, I, think it's a, I think it's a real struggle. Yeah. It, ha it has to be it has to be from the top in my personal view <laughs> uh, yeah i would agree and, I, and I, you hit on a point there which i think is is on honesty isn't it so if you if you're yeah. if you're working in a culture where um honesty isn't just asked for but it's 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 accepted um and it's part of the makeup of the business and that's really helpful so if you you can say i don't, I don't think this is working without yeah. fear of retribution or um, being ostracized then or uh, well um, but but fundamentally being listened to and then not being a defensive conversation about it because we all we've been in businesses where we love what we do and it, and we take it personally if somebody's saying something bad about it and that's cool that's that's fine but you have to be able to step back I think and, and listen to the person uh, because they built up the, the courage to say this thing so you've got to be able to say cool okay well there's something in that let's see what we can do about it i think also Ian, it's about understanding the positive impact of a great culture on your organization and your bottom top top and bottom line you know because you know a, a great culture means that your teams are happier you have less attrition you have less absence and your customers are happy because your team are serving your customers with a smile on their face your customers are buying more and overall that that all spreads out and you, and you will deliver better results as an organization and you know any, anyone who can take the time to stop and think about the impact of of improving a culture or creating a culture to achieve that is going to have a successful business aren't they yes that's, that's just, absolutely yeah definitely um Gavin, any, any thoughts on this yeah what what somewhat there is absolutely the essence of the sort of service profit chain model the employing employed engagement and employee satisfaction leads to customer satisfaction leads to right, increased sales and increased customer loyalty so that that's the essence of what we're doing you i couldn't agree more that you know get that right is the foundation it's the building block on which to kind of move forward with i think as well when you're starting to build a culture there's, there's another model that i, that I think is very useful the, sort of the, the cultural web model is very good for this because you're looking at a number of different facets of, of what have an how an operation how an organization operates to begin with and doing that sort of gap analysis. So looking at things like kind of the stories, the narratives that are being told around, for example, good customer service within an organization, or do they do, uh, have they got set up a culture which is a coaching culture? 
do they talk about how people have developed and progressed within that business? Is that expected or is it all, all the stories about, you know, John Satin or Satin his role for the last 20 years and he doesn't say boo to a goose and he's not very happy? Is that the sort of narrative around the business or is it a case of, you know, Jane came in and started last, you know, 18 months ago and now she's marketing director? That progression piece is that talked about. How are, how is the culture presented within an organisation? Are the brand values very evident uh, and um, within the within the business in, in signage, for example, the symbols there. So, um, you know, within the share centre, the rooms are named after our values. So you never lose sight of that that type of that type of visibility of what you're trying to um, try, trying to achieve. How is the organisation then structured? Essentially, where does the power sit within that organisation? To your to your point, now are there a small is there a small group who are controlling it and you know how what they say goes or is that linked to feedback from the from the business and from the 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 employees themselves to to, to influence how those decision making takes place um, so those types of things are and also the way things are done regularly what are the rituals and routines within the within the business are, do, are there for example um, regular town halls or feedback me mechanisms mm. to enable that those open discussions to, to, to bring to life the the sort of things you mentioned about open and transparency, Sonia, which are, which are really key. So, so I'm, I'm completely with you. I think if you can do that sort of that, that analysis around how the culture currently start in its current form looks, and then agree with the leadership team what that what they want it to look like going forward, and then bring that to life through the way they act, it ties those elements together. So I think I think that's that's absolutely essential. And it means, as you rightly said, you can build something from scratch with a, with a blank piece of paper. We want it to look like this, but you need if you're you're coming into an organisation which has got a culture in place, which is going to be the majority of the times, even if it's a very small business, you need to make sure you assess it correctly. So you know the, the starting point, that you know the the, the the starting line to where you want to get to. Mm. Great, thank you, Kevin. Um, I, I think um, I mean I couldn't I couldn't be hosting the, the Future Leaders Mentoring Podcast without mentioning mentoring in some way. And it seems really clear to, to me, Sonia, that a lot of the work that you do coaching-wise is uh, from a cultural coaching perspective uh, and how positive that must be for, for both sort of new startups and, and, and ongoing. And I'd, I think I'd like to see that more, you know, across, across sort of great businesses where you've got somebody that's helping that the board and, and the executive team build the right culture and ask the right questions. And, uh, and sometimes it, it takes an external person to ask those brave questions. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of one of the key things I would take, take from that, um, that part of the, the, the discussion. Um, so just, just wrapping up then guys with, with, with my final question. Um, and I suppose it's, you know, if you had a, a magic wand um, to help businesses with, with culture, you know, what's the what's the sort of one thing that you you might be sort of uh, doing for that business with your magic wand? Um, Gavin, start start with you, please. It's a very difficult one to answer in some respects because there's lots of things you can do, but I, I think the, the point that's been drawn out from here a lot is you've got to listen. Um, you've got to make sure that. You're not trying to, to you can set a vision for a business but you and and what you want the culture to be but you've got to listen to the way the way the way the, the culture currently is and also to listen to what the, the organization wants to see happen and how they want to operate um 
it's very hard to to impose your will on upon a business and and its culture without that buy-in and to do that you need to make sure that there's there's uh, um uh, ears which are open mm. and your ears need to be open to be able to uh, to take that on board so I, I think the listening skills and 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 listening to to the voice of the the voice of the employee the yeah. voice of the business is essential. Uh, yeah i'd absolutely agree with that um sonia anything different to listening yeah so if i could wave my magic wand i would i would encourage all exec teams to if i if this is a magic wand moment right I'd, yes. I'd, i would do that for them all to take a deep breath and just think about their culture. Is it, do we have a good culture? What are our values? What support do we need? Because I do, I do believe that, you know, just having the opportunity as an executive team to, to look at themselves for five minutes and say, you know, what are we developing? What are we creating from a cultural perspective? And what do we need to change and do differently? I think would be so, so valuable because quite often what I see is that they give cultural change to HR to deal with, HR to implement, HR to, to manage. Yeah. It, it, that's not, they, they can help facilitate by all means. You know, I think it's so important, but it, it does start with that executive team. And if I could wave my magic wand, I would say, take a deep breath and just think for five minutes, you know, just talk about it as a team, get some coaching, you know, to say, you know, to open, to look at themselves mm. um, uh, and the culture that they have. That would be my moment. Cool. Get off boxy and <laughs> no, no, I, I love it. Um, two great answers then, and I appreciate um, one of the things I, I'm often finding myself doing is, is oversimplifying things. And I think that's a perfect example in that question there of, of asking you to nail it down in one thing, how to, how to sort of manage culture. So that, that's a, um, I appreciate you trying to squeeze it into one, one answer there. So um, thank you both. Um, I really enjoyed that conversation. Culture is such an important part of, of, of every business. Um, and it's clear just talking to you to how much you care about it, uh, how much you know about it. Your, your experiences are, are, you know, are great and many in, in that respect. So thank you for sharing that with, with us today. Um, really appreciate it. And thank you very much for your time. Um, so everyone, uh, that's the end of today's podcast. Um, if you like what you hear today, you can subscribe to us where you get all your podcasts from. Or if you're interested in becoming a, a mentor uh, or uh, getting a mentor, um, go along to futureleadersmentoring.com um, and tap on the join us button and we will be in touch shortly after that. So thank you everybody and we will see you all again soon. Bye. Thank you.